All right, we are live. Howdy, howdy, green team. Uh, welcome back for another episode of the Green Team Academy podcast. And we're so excited to be doing this live on Facebook and YouTube if everything works here. Um, so really fun way to start the day on Tuesday. So if you're hanging out with us, definitely leave us a comment. We'd love to hear your questions. We already got one from Jonathan, so we're going to answer that in a bit. Um, but yeah, today we're just talking about this intersection of soil and composting and community. And, uh, you know, as in pretty much every discussion we are, when we're talking about composting, we're seeing it as this great step that, that takes people out of, you know, like if you recycle a plastic bottle, you, you know, it's, it's like, okay, what really happened to this? What is everything that's going on? But if you, if you compost, you can see this, this, you, you're part of this natural cycle. And it's really a very powerful way for people to get connected. And um, I'm so excited to have the two speakers with us on today. So we've got Brianna Hallinan and Brianna is uh, with in Broomfield, Colorado, and she started Sustainable Broomfield. This is so near and dear to my heart because when I was in Longmont, I kind of accidentally started Sustainable Revolution Longmont. And so I, I feel for, for Brianna as she's going all through this. And she connected with me early on and hopped into my course and got, I think, some of the basics because or she, maybe she already knew them, but she's been doing a lot of things that have really propelled her group. So she's going to be talking about their composting club. And then we're going to be talking with Shannon of Hugelrado Farms. And Shannon being Scalise uh, is in Arvada. And she, they are soil builders, her and her husband, Nick. Um, they are a make soil site. And they have a lot of really cool things that are happening with them. And even as we were just getting going, we, we, uh, we were brainstorming some ideas of how Brianna and Shannon could be collaborating <laughs> with with some of this, and that's what happens when you when you get together and start talking about your ideas. You can make them happen. And as we go through this process, we're also going to be talking about the International Climate Action Challenge. So registration for that opens July 31st. It goes. Um, you can register until August 24th, and when you're when you sign up for that, you can pledge to do something in 90 days. And so these ideas of starting a group like Sustainable Broomfield or doing something around composting, um, starting your own business, there's so many things that you could set as a goal for yourself and take action in these 90 days that have that these uh, presenters are going to be able to to give us some ideas about. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to start with Brianna. And let's see here. So how am I going to do this? I think what I'll do is uh, just take Shannon and I. I think that cut your audio too. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and just start. So that okay. work okay, Joan? Joan? <laughs> That's, well, let's see here. <laughs> How do we do this then? 
okay, well, maybe I will go ahead and just do that other one and then okay. we'll figure it out in a bit. Later. We can go to the three screen or something at that, <laughs> exactly. for questions at the end. <laughs> right, right, exactly. That sounds great. Okay, thank you. Yep. So I'm Brianna and I am one of the founding members of Sustainable Broomfield. Um, there were five of us uh, about a year ago who were eco-leaders with EcoCycle and we were just upset that there wasn't really a composting option in Broomfield, Colorado, um, like a curbside composting option. And so we started looking into what the city was doing and we decided that they, they were trying to take steps towards it. They were doing some research into what needed to happen to make that a a, a reality. And um, so then we decided, well, let's let's just see what we can do on our own. And we started teaching backyard composting classes. And so over the past year, we've done different uh, demonstrations at different events on how to backyard compost. Um, we've taught our own classes in different locations. And then recently, we just started our own composting club. Um, we partnered up with um, a historic building uh, facility called the Broomfield Crescent Grange. And they actually had some compost bins already built and they were not really using them except for plant scraps from their community garden. And so I was a mem I joined as a member of the Grange and I asked them if our sustainable Broomfield group uh, would be, a, it would, if it would be possible for us to dump our compostable scraps in their bins and then the community garden would benefit from the compost that we end up making there. Um, they agreed to that and so we started a um, pilot test where we gave uh, like nine people some five gallon buckets and we said okay take this home uh, here's a list of scraps that are going to be acceptable in this compost facility. And would you please now take this, uh, watch this video, take this evaluation to make sure that you understand the rules for composting. Once the people who signed up to participate had done that, we gave them the bucket. We said, okay, take this home, fill it with your scraps. Um, in two weeks, we're going to have our volunteers come by and pick up these buckets and leave you an empty one. And then we will take those scraps and dump them at the Crescent Grange facility. And um, it worked out really well. Um, we we A lot of the buckets were only like half full. And we decided that to minimize the number of buckets that we were going to need, that we would ask if people would be willing to just drop off their full buckets on their own and pick up an empty bucket. And a lot of the people were perfectly fine with that. They're like, yeah, I don't need someone to pick it up. And you know, I can do this once or twice a month. It's not a big deal for me to drive my bucket over to this place. And basically they just set it in an area and pick up an empty bucket. So it's, it's not very labor intensive. If um, people want to, they can actually dump the compost. And we have in a video that we promoted or with the instructions, uh, showed them how that they could, you know, dig a hole in the compost and dump their scraps in and add some leaves and basically just cover it up and water it. Um, and so a lot of people have been doing that on their own. Um, and so we opened up our club to more people. We have nearly 40 people signed up right now to participate. Um, and we've had bucket donations from um, a, a group member of ours who has a family involved in painting and they had a bunch of old paint buckets. So we've been using those. 
Um, we've gathered chlorine buckets from local pools um, and been able to, we put our list of ingredients on the front. So those are our official sustainable Broomfield composting buckets. And everyone basically has a bucket and when they need to exchange it, they just bring it to the Grange, grab a new one. And uh, it's working out really well for us. We have already filled one of our bins pretty much completely full. It's got some piping hot compost in there. So it's doing a really good job. People have been really following the rules well. We have occasional mishaps where you'll get produce stickers in there or like a whole potato or something like that. But overall, most people are doing a really good job with it. And I'm, I'm glad we kind of did that evaluation process because it really keeps our compost from getting contaminated with things like compostable plastics or forks or something like that. So um, it's it's been a success so far and we're excited to see where it's going to go. Cool. I can't believe that you already have 40 people signed up. Yeah, we kind of partnered with the city and they put it on their website and on their Facebook page. And we just started getting requests all over the place. So I have a way more requests than I have people who have actually followed through with the evaluation process. So I think if I even sent them another email reminding them, we would get more people signed up. But at this point, it's just kind of how many buckets do we have and how many we can keep accumulating. Brianna, will you say again, when did you start this? When did you kind of start uh, the, your first version of it? The compost club, we started one month ago. Wow, are you kidding me? No, so <laughs> it's it's going really well. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I just it, love these stories because everybody that's listening, you know, this idea that you don't, you don't know how it's going to work and you're probably going to fail. So fail fast, fail forward mm -hmm. and, and you'll figure it out as you go. But yeah. just like stop thinking about it and just try some stuff and get yeah. it out there. That is so cool. Thank right, you. Well, that's, that's a great intro. Um, Shanna, do you want to take it from here and give a quick intro sure. about what all you're doing and kind of yeah. do a... Yeah. It's like the yin yang, like a complimentary picture to, to Definitely. community composting. Okay. Um, so first, thank you so much for having me on. It's been what what I've found, and I think people that are um, interested in connecting with others in the community of earth builders really is that when you start getting connected to people in the community, whether it's permaculture or soil building or any of the related pieces, that I have found people are incredibly generous and the spirit of generosity, especially if you're someone um, like myself that's dealing with the whole COVID thing right now in a way that is uh, builds a lot of anxiety, um, come play with people that wanna help heal the planet because <laughs> they're really nice and welcoming. <laughs> um, so kind of the origin story of Hugorado Farms. So um, probably, Two years ago, we started uh, creating a food forest in our backyard on um, the idea of like, hey, we should be able to grow our own food. We can build in perennials. We can do all this stuff. And the more we got into mycology and learning about uh, mycelium and the soils and uh, companion planting and all this stuff, the more we really started to realize the soil is the most important part. Um, and then we watched, for example, the documentary called Need to Grow, which I definitely recommend to anybody who's out the least bit interested in building soil. And it has all kinds of neat um, facts in there. Like you increase your organic matter in your soil by 1% in 
and every acre can hold another 25,000 gallons of water. And we, you know, in Colorado, we definitely are concerned about issues like drought and definitely the whole Western United States concerned about issues like drought. So what if, you know, we return to the place where uh, during the Victory Gardens in World War II, 40% of the food production in the United States came from Victory Gardens, people in their backyards. And if people are in their backyards growing food, they're going to need to learn how to repair their soil instead of leaning on synthetic chemical substances that actually denature the soil. So all of this kind of came together um, in a way that my husband Nick and I are just like, okay, well, somebody's got to do this work. This is work that matters for future generations, and it may as well be us <laughs> because we love doing it. Um, and so kind of what Huberado Farms is all about is one, figuring out how do we build soil the fastest and the healthiest and make it the most robust. Um, and two, how do we engage and assist our community in doing the same? So for us, um, my favorite resource is makesoil.org. I strongly recommend checking it out no matter where you are in the world. You can visit makesoil.org, find a soil site uh, near you. And if there's not a soil site near you where you can drop your uh, compostables at, your grass clippings, your kitchen waste, um, and even for Brianna, you guys could make a makesoil.org site and get more people that way. Um, but it's just excellent. You can easily create a soil site as well if you're interested in meeting your neighbors and getting their kitchen scraps. So the other thing is when, what we found is when we're centered on soil and soil building, um, you can't, like every day you're touching soil. Every day at some point throughout the day, hopefully your feet are coming in contact with the ground. So it is the resource that all of us touch the most. Um, and when we focus on restoring its health, restoring its ability to hold water, building the microbial life inside of it, feeding it, all that kind of stuff, um, what we're finding is that you naturally get in contact with the people around you. So we're meeting more of our neighbors in the past four months since we really got serious about this than we have in the previous two years before that. Um, so I could talk forever about making soil, um, but the short story is uh, check out makesoil.org. Um, Cougarado Farms, our website will be launching in a few, hopefully weeks, and we'll be supplying all kinds of um, anything you could need to compost or learn how to compost, whether it's bokashi grains, uh, biochar, um, Korean natural farming inputs, all kinds of fun stuff. So yes. That is Huberado Farms, and that is how we got started. Such a cool story, and and I like, yeah, that the the ideas that you're figuring out and what Brianna's doing that that can you guys can play off of those yeah. and do. Yeah, before we went on air, she was saying, "Do you take grass clippings?" And I'm like, "Yes. Do you have grass clippings? Can we have them?" <laughs> I'm like, I, it reminds me. Kid where you're trading hogs of like who's got what and can I get your waste? <laughs> yeah, I had some people contact me and they're like, I throw away like three bags of grass clippings every week, and I'm like, can you just mulch it and leave it in your yard because that actually is good for it too? But I'd like to have and I and I said that you know our facility is kind of small, and I know with composting, grass clippings can be kind of dense and it's a little hard to deal with sometimes, and so. I'm, I'm kind of keeping it at, we only accept like small amounts of grass clippings, but I'd really love to have a place where people could take it. Cause I've had a number of people ask me like, do you know where I could take my grass clippings? And I was like, I don't know yet, but now I have a place for it. Yes. So yes. I'm I've excited about that. 
<clears throat> as long as the clippings have not been treated with things like Roundup or other right. chemical pesticides, we take those. Awesome. As long as they don't have that stuff on them, we yeah. can work with them. Have you heard of sharewaste.com? I have not, but I'm writing that down because it sounds very cool. So about a year ago, I we started, or maybe two years ago, my husband and I started composting, and then I found out about sharewaste.com, which I think is nearly the same thing as makesoil.org, awesome. um, and it's basically people look for other people who have compost bins, like people who live in apartments and they're like, I can't compost. Can I drop my scraps off at your house? So I have like a person that actually has been doing this with me for about six months. She just drops off. And I, it's a little tricky because I don't want them to drop off like bags of stuff. Cause then I have to throw away bags. So I tried to do this kind of bucket exchange with her as well. And I said, how about if we have two buckets and I'll have the full one and I'll give you an empty one and then we'll just trade every time. And she just leaves it on my porch and I just take care of it whenever I need to. And so that's kind of what gave me the idea for starting the compost club. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this bucket exchange thing is really pretty easy. If we just have a place to do the composting, we could actually do a lot more of it. So it's, and yeah, that's a great one. A stat that I heard um, on the Need to Grow documentary actually was that 97% of food waste in the United States goes to the landfill. And once in the landfill, it off gases, actually greenhouse gases that we don't want. So right. the carbon gets released back into the environment. Whereas, okay, imagine a world where we go back to a place where 40% of us are growing our own food and at least those 40% of us are composting our waste. Okay, yeah. great. Now, instead of all the carbon getting released into the air, it's actually getting captured and sequestered back into the soil. Like yeah. the fact that we can start sequestering carbon in our own backyards, yep. that's kind of cool. <laughs> like that's yeah. Kind of yeah. It's like we're yeah. actually helping to draw down the carbon yep. that's in the atmosphere right. by making our soils healthier. 100%. Um, Aaron just put a comment in the chat saying, we'd like to use grass clippings as mulch in flower beds if there's too much for the compost bin. Oh, oh it's good idea. Yeah, I love the expression I heard during the permaculture class that said there is no waste, just a lack of creativity. Agreed. And that's that's exactly what's what's happening here. Um, so I want to do a quick thing and share my screen here. Let's see. We tried this earlier. If I've got the right screen going, what should be that one? Um, Jonathan had a question about how do you get people involved? And we're going to talk about that more in a minute. Um, but that's, that's been my whole area of, of research, Jonathan, is like, how do you actually get people to take action? How do you get them? How do you make an impact? And so one of the things that I learned doing wellness coaching is that you know, if a doctor says you need to lose weight and gives you a brochure, like how likely is that to work? It, it just doesn't. Um, and I remember being impressed by, um, oh, I forgot his name right now, but he, his, his mom had died of cancer and he, he thought as a doctor, I need to start helping my clients figure this out. So he started teaching exercise classes and he started teaching cooking classes and, and then they were able to, to make that transition. And so that's, that's what, what I 
know is that for people to make these kind of changes and to start something especially, they need support. And so both of these programs that you see right here are supporting people through the way, along the way. And so the, the 2020 International Climate Action Challenge, what we're doing with this is we have this goal of launching a thousand eco initiatives in 90 days. You know that the, um, the UN conference on climate change was supposed to meet in November, 2020. They delayed it for a year because they were busy dealing with the pandemic. Completely understandable, <coughs> but didn't they read, if they're the experts, didn't they read the report about, we only had 12 years and that was a few years ago to, to make things change. So what the whole point of the International Climate Action Challenge is that we can take action together. So just like this, you just have an idea, you get together with people and you make it happen. So uh, once you register, you're gonna get training and be part of this whole crew. And, um, and so what I wanted to just mention to you right now is that you can go to climateactionchallenge.net. You can sign up if you're interested in being a challenger, but you could also be a partner. Like um, Brianna is an ambassador. So she's spreading the word. I'm doing a training with her group in, in Broomfield. Shannon is a mentor, so she's going to be there as a resource to help people. Um, so I just wanted to, um, to ask you guys real quick. I'm going to go ahead and stop that. Um, the two questions, really. How do you think, well, let's, let's start with the, if, if, you, if somebody says, okay, I want to go be in the challenge. I want to do something in 90 days. I don't know what to do. I'm new at this. Most of us are come nowadays. A lot of us come from a background of more of like corporate jobs, government yeah. jobs, where somebody gives us a project and we do it. We, you know, somebody figures out there's money, there's time, and you're assigned to do it. Yeah. This is completely different. Um, so Shannon, do you want to start if somebody says, well, I want to do something, don't know what to do. What should I do for the 90 day challenge? Has to be a group project. Yeah. Something they can do by November 30th. Um, I would say that imagination is your greatest asset at this point. Like if you're in the place where you're saying, I want to do something that matters and I want to do something like this and I want to find people that want to do the same kind of work and I want to build with them together. All right, start getting your imagination going. For me personally, a film that I really love for that is called Inhabit Film, which you can check out at inhabitfilm.com. And it basically is looking at the ways that permaculture looks different in every bioregion because what works for you, say Brianna and I in basically within 20 minutes of each other is gonna be totally different than someone even an hour from here. And the land that you're on is gonna provide different resources and have different problems depending on where you are. So films like inhabitfilm.com really help you see and start to imagine all the ways that the resources you didn't even think of or didn't even see before can really be utilized and brought together. And then beyond that is, I'll, I'll put it like this, I am a planner and I will plan until the cows come home. <laughs> like I have a bookkeeping business. I love making all of the numbers match and pretty. Um, my strength is not jumping into the unknown all the time. However, Nick, my husband, his strength is absolutely getting things started. So you don't have to become someone else in order for this to 
to get going and in order to start building a team, you just need to find someone who has different strengths than you. Like maybe you're a planner and you need to find someone that's going to get things going and they're an activator. Or maybe you're the one that gets things going and you need to find somebody that's really good at planning. Um, so I would say be generous and be kind and be open and start stimulating your imagination. Start reaching out to people on Facebook and actually having conversations with them. Uh, Joan and I met on Facebook. So, so um, that's kind of where I would start is it doesn't have to be any particular thing. It just has to be wholehearted and, uh, and your imagination is going to really influence it. That's, that's great advice. And so in, during this challenge, one of the things, so this is, what we're doing is basically demonstrating the principles in this book that I'm that's coming out. Um, but some of the things I'm recommending for the, the challenge is meet weekly for 90 days and um, and also dedicate three hours a week because that's 2% of your life. I think that's a good exchange. We have life on the planet. Okay, air, water, every breath we take is given to us for free. So 2% of your time, meet weekly for 13 weeks. And yeah, you don't really have to know what it is. Just like, we're going to start a team. We're going to do something <laughs> around this. Uh, give Set yourself a goal. We're going to try and get 10 members. We're going to try and plant 10 trees, um, something like that. So Brianna, what's your idea? What, what would you suggest for somebody that's getting going? Um, for me, I've, I've kind of always gone like my own direction. Like I, I got trained to be a math teacher and I did it for a year and I really didn't like it. And so then I just kind of was like, I'll just start my own private math tutoring business. And so I just do that now and I'm just self-employed that way. Um, and uh, it was a year ago and I was just feeling kind of hopeless about the, what was happening with the environment and how our future was looking. And I was like, what can I do? And so I just started looking around for what what was going on in my area. I looked at EcoCycle. I was like, oh, I could start with, you know, recycling. Let me see what I could do with that. Well, they ended up having this group called Eco Leaders. And so I, you know, found a little bit of a network um, through that and then ended up meeting more people in my community that were passionate as well. Um, and we were the ones who started Sustainable Broomfield. So I think um, also just looking online and reading what maybe other people have done and seeing what really kind of sparks a, an interest in you. Like, oh, man, that sounds really cool. Like, I want to be part of this getting rid of plastic revolution or, you know, whatever. I, I've met a kid who's um, a fifth grader and he is really wanting to start a composting program at his school. And he's like, OK, I need to get all these signatures and then I need to present it to the administrator administration. And then once we have that, I think we're going to have buckets in every classroom and then we can dump them in the compost club or in the compost in the garden. And we're going to have a community garden. And he's just, I was like, you're like the younger version of me. I love it. So, <laughs> and so he's one of the people who actually wants to join the, uh, the eco challenge that you have Joan. Um, and I'd be excited to, you know, mentor him and help with that. And hopefully there's other people that can help that you know, have started something like that at schools before. Um, but just just find something that you're kind of sparks your interest and you're like, I want to go for it. I would also suggest like maybe tune into what's going on in your city. Um, if there's a city environmental group, see what they're doing, what they could use help with, what they're not, the, the needs they're not meeting and see if there's some place you could fill in. Um, so yeah, those would be my recommendations. Yeah. 
Um, along those lines, that those are great tips. And um, that reminds me that, so in Denver, Denver has something called the Denver Compost Challenge. And this actually came out, I was doing a thing mentoring 20 teams in 2019. And we were in a church basement and one person, Tara, stood up and said, I have this idea of like neighborhood to neighborhood compost or recycling challenge or something. Went on to get partners with Denver Recycles, Denver Sustainable Neighborhoods. It's now a citywide compost challenge. And they, they've they done these things, these intercept surveys where they talk to people and said, what do you think about composting? And most people are like, I love it, but I can't because fill in the blank. And so they identified those different obstacles, came up with resources. Like for apartment buildings, there's companies like Compost Colorado um, and Scraps and some others that will pick up. And so from the Denver Compost Challenge website, they now have all the different resources. Here's how you can drop it off. Here's how you can, um, you know, sign up for our curbside composting. And they even allow people, if you want to make an arrangement with your neighbor, then you guys can share a bin. And they've really increased their, their level of doing that. But it just started from one person's idea. And what we found was that the city doesn't have the staff to go out and do that stuff. But they do have, you know, they have a bigger reach. And so it's that just what you were saying, Brianna, is that to think of yourself as partners with the city, um, because they were just going out to all these different festivals and talking to people. And that's something that the small staff at the city in no way could be able to do. Yeah, I would say also ask people if they're willing to volunteer. You know, when people sign up for our compost club, I just put out a form and said, could you volunteer? Here's like five different things you could help us with. And, you know, we've gotten enough volunteers that I don't have to go around and pick up buckets from people's houses. You know, I have other people that can take care of that and take the weight off my shoulders. So it's really cool that there's people out there willing. And there's a lot of people who just, they want to help do something. And so if you give them the opportunity to volunteer, they're like, oh yeah, I've been looking for something. This is great. I feel like I'm making a difference. Yeah. And I think, um, so just the last thing, I'm going to read the question that Jonathan sent in. He said, how do you encourage participants to learn and engage in composting without it just becoming a, a chore? In other words, how do you keep climate action sustainable for people to participate in the long term? So maybe just a, a minute on each of that. Shannon, do you want to start? For sure. So um, one story actually Sunny over at makesoil.org shared is that Makesoil's vision for how composting works is right now for a lot of people, compost is like something you have in your backyard that is like in the corner that you don't go in. And their vision is, okay, well, what if composting, which is already a social activity because you already need to connect with people to make it work. What if that's in the front yard? Like the guy that started the whole makesoil.org site, um, he started on an empty lot and it became like a neighborhood hangout and people like hung out at the yeah. compost and just composted together. Cause you do have to turn it and you do want to make sure the temperature is, you know, hot. Um, and so just stop thinking of it as like a stinky thing in the back corner and kind of highlight it and make it like make your compost area an enjoyable place to be somehow, like art it up and have fun with it. I love that. It reminds me of the um, Susan Parenti with her group. They did a pop-up climate, climate change cafes where they just put up chairs mm -hmm. and talk about climate change. So I'm just picturing, 
yeah, something like that. You just, you know, occasionally put out chairs and, you know, a pitcher of iced tea. So even in social distancing, you could do something like that. Mm -hmm. How about you, Brianna? What's your one minute um, suggestion for, for Jonathan about how do you keep people engaged? Um, what we've done in the past is kind of just provide education. Like we told people like, why should you care about composting? You know, when you put the compostables in your trash, it ends up getting in an anaerobic environment and producing methane, which is a greenhouse gas, which we're trying to prevent. And when you let things naturally decompose, you know, you're, um, it's a natural process. You're not releasing all that methane. You're ending up getting a great soil treatment that's gonna help your soil. And then that in turn is gonna help draw down the carbon that's in the atmosphere. So just pointing out like, what are the negative consequences of not doing something versus if you just do this, um, you know, what are, what are the benefits and then how easy it is. You're like, all you need to do is just add like 50% green material and 50% brown and mix it together and put some water on it. And that's basically it. If you show people how easy it is, I think that they're a lot more inclined to give it a try. And then with our compost club, just making it as easy as possible for people to participate. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing is that if if we need to move to more of the club, instead of telling people to take an action, that that the first climate action is always start a team. So instead of you know eat more plant based diet, why don't you do a like a weekly potluck or a recipe exchange or a club that figures out what are the barriers that we have. How do we figure it out? And then how do we share that with other people? It's a way to really exponentially make this thing happen. Instead of trying it on your own, failing, feeling bad, <laughs> trying again. Like that's that's why we're in the situation that we are right now is we've, we haven't figured out how to work together. So thank you both so much for, for hanging out. Um, Shannon with Hugelrado Farms and Brianna with Sustainable Broomfield. These are just to such beautiful examples of how you just start something and see what happens and kind of adjust as you go. Uh, so hope that you guys will all join us with the Climate Action Challenge. We do have a meeting on Thursday for our mentors and ambassadors. So if you want to hang out with people like Darwin uh, from Zambia and Chris from uh, Uganda and Rosaline from Nigeria, I think. I can't remember where everybody's from. But you can hang out with us and um, hear what everybody's doing around the world. That's pretty fun. All right. Um, any last parting words as we're signing off, Shannon? Thank you and go make soil. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, um, I'd love it if people would check out sustainablebroomfield.com. We need some more traffic on our site so it will start uh, showing up in Google searches. So that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Thanks, everybody. And remember, the time for action is now because there is no planet B. Have a beautiful day. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks, Brianna. Bye.